Welcome to Restore Gospel Podcast. Welcome back. I'm Mike Barrett. I'm John Tandy. We are two friends having casual conversation about the things of eternity, and we are talking about works and being rewarded according to what we do. And I think John brought up last time in proportion to what we do, not that... Not that that was his final thing, but as a talking point, <clears throat> and I think he really boiled it down to what we're actually discussing when we discuss works is, is there a reward based on my performance or in proportion to how I act in this world? You know, how, how well I was, how many good things I did, um, how well I followed the Lord. Uh, and then when you say in proportion to, can you do that without comparing yourself to others? in this finite world that we live in, in our culture? Um, for us, that's hard, no matter how you look at it. But um, there's always a temptation to compare yourself with others. But but ultimately, what we're comparing ourselves to is, what did God say, and what are we doing in response to it? And so it's really ultimately comparing ourselves to God is what he, he wants us to do. He doesn't want us to compare ourselves with others, and, and especially in the negative sense, you know, of course. <clears throat> I expected your answer to be longer. <laughs> he caught me unaware. Well, you know, yeah. I, I can make it longer. I no, mean, no. Me, so, all right, John, take it away. You've got some notes, and we're continuing on with uh, discussing works and getting back to uh, Section 76. So. Sure, yeah, I feel like we kind of have a six-month wind-up here to get to, <laughs> to this point. But, I wonder if our uh, listeners <laughs> find that, too. Yeah, um, Yeah. so last time, like he said, we talked about the... Uh, the idea of uh, judged according to works and what does that mean and you know, at least three different possibilities. And um, and I've been kind of angling towards coming back to this uh, point that we left several months ago actually about uh, Section 76 and, and where is that intersection between um, what does the Book of Mormon say and what does the Doctrine and Covenant say and... and uh, you know, and it's not easy. I'll admit it's not easy. And and what I wanted to do today was to kind of give a perspective on this that I think may be challenging to you, and you know, from that perspective, and also challenging to even some of us, a lot of us from our restoration kind of t- t- typical RLDS perspective, that it may uh, be somewhat of a paradigm shift both ways, and um, in terms of kind of the intersection there. So. Um, I guess, let me, I'm just looking at my notes. Um, I guess one thing I was going to wrap up with last time, a, a comment, and it was without taking too long at the beginning here. Um, I said, okay, so let me just kind of look at my notes. So I, I said, let's, let's assume for the moment that I agree with you on this point, that there are only two locations in eternity. Okay, either the kingdom of God uh, that is in his presence or separated from his presence. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's, you know, hypothetically, let's say I, I agree with you on that. Um, then um, the, uh, the next statement I'll make is that I, it is more than just hypothetical. I actually do believe and always have believed, uh, and I'm quoting from 1 Nephi 4.61, and this is a key scripture, obviously, on this subject, the final state of the souls of men is to dwell in the kingdom of God or to be cast out because of that justice of which I have spoken and, and so mm-hmm. on. Now, I have always believed that, that the final state is to dwell with God or to be cast out. 
Now, after all of our discussion, you might say, well, wait a minute. How does he argue? You know, how does he talk on the other side? The question is defining the kingdom. What is the kingdom of God? Right. And what, what is, is what is your experience in that kingdom of God in the end? And I mm-hmm. think that's where, where really some of the questions circle around. Um, and, and this is where I think I've suggested, you know, the idea that there is this potentially a separation between saved versus not saved and then rewarded according to works. That those are two overlaying concepts, let's say, that you can be in the kingdom of God and yet have reward or rewards differing between individuals. And again, not to compare ourselves with others, but just an actual fact of how we've responded. So I don't think those are contradict. I don't, I've never thought that these are contradictory ideas right. of having a final state that is two places or two conditions and yet having four glories and, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. But it's, how do you wrap your mind around, you know, how do you, how do you put the language together? And that's what I'm going to be coming back to on, on, Part, part of this subject, again, just today is a part of that, which is telestial glory. Um, and then another question, just before we get started, is uh, you you um, asked a question last time, you know, why do the telestial glory, why does it get so much airtime, so to speak? Right, right. <laughs> and I thought about that this week, and I'm like, well, there, I think the reason is celestial glory is um, uncontroversial. You know, if we take somebody that is a believer in Christ who is endures to the end and following after Christ and he is, you know, living that life that we know is described as celestial glory, it's it's obvious. You know, there, there's no controversy that he's going to end up in the presence of God. Um, and then on the other side of it, uh, the person that falls away from God and, you know, falls into apostasy and that kind of thing he's not going to, you know, he's going to be cast off. And the only controversy there is if you're a Protestant that uh, doesn't believe you can fall away, well, then that's that's a different sort of, of controversy. But but the idea that there is a place apart from God where the wicked will end up um, and and that kind of thing, if you, especially if you agree with the idea of, fa- of falling away, that's, that's uncontroversial. Right, other than, yeah. um, other than defining the dividing line, and that's different with Protestants Mm -hmm. and us. uh, Yeah, they would have a different dividing line of who ends up in that state. Yeah, whether it doesn't matter if your character and everything's good, according to some of them, it's whether you've you've said the prayer, I accept Jesus as my Savior, or whether you believe in your mind. Right. So it's a a finicky dividing line. But (laughs) that also, I mean, we'll see. I think that dividing line carries over into Mm -hmm. our discussion as well. It's just redefined as something different. Yeah, but because in terrestrial and celestial glory are kind of that middle ground of character qualities, that kind of thing, Mm -hmm. I think that's why it's it's more controversial, especially when we try to align what is, you know, what does Joseph Smith say in the Doctrine and Covenants and what does, you know, Alma say in the Book of Mormon or whatever. It gets much more difficult. And I think, you know, it's not that we're, we're spending all this time on this because it's more important than celestial glory. Certainly. I think you and I would both agree. Let's just talk about celestial glory and forget about all the rest because that's where God wants us to be. And that's, and I, I certainly agree with that, but it's as we try to understand our doctrine, you know, and our belief and really what do we believe about Mm -hmm. and what should we believe about life after death and what does the scripture say? Because we're having to go out to the world to, to teach and we want to, you know, make sure we're teaching the right way. I think that's where, it, it's yeah. That's just my my thought on it. Right. Well, my thought for some people, some people have the gift of faith. They believe everybody's different, but I think we've discussed um, what's important is what we believe about the nature of God defines who we are. Um, if 
if you're earnestly seeking, uh, we, we, we've talked before, you can live your whole life as a casual Christian or, um, or a casual atheist. Mm-hmm. You say you don't believe, but even casual atheists aren't true atheists because if they really followed that thought pattern, I don't know how any of them could get out of bed in the morning because there's really, so it, it's the same thing with Christianity. Um, we can say we're a restorationist, but are we casual restorationists or are we earnestly diving into what the word says? And when you earnestly dive into what the word says, there you come to a huge dividing line, I believe, between, the, you know, as, we, as we've talked about, between mm-hmm. what the Book of Mormon states and what the church, quote the church, mm-hmm. has taught. And even among that, there's a huge continuum of understanding. I heard this past week um, some teaching on... The telestial glory is is what we're living in now in this world. And when Jesus returns, it will be a terrestrial type of glory. And he lives in the fullness of the terrestrial glory. And then when the Father recreates the word, the earth, it'll be a celestial kingdom. Yeah. Um, so just for the record, I totally disagree with that. <laughs> so do I. Well, so do I. Actually, I heard that for the first time. So I had to sort that out anyway. But... Uh-huh. So why is it important what we think? I think if you're one of those who's earnestly looking at the word, it, it defines who God is and your relationship with him and your ability um, to be born again. Mm-hmm. So you talked about a dividing line and as far as like a difference between the Book of Mormon and, and Doctrine and Covenant. So that's a great place for me to jump in today because what I want to talk about today is what does the Book of Mormon say about telestial glory? <laughs> oh, okay. And, and so kind of finding actually agreement between the two rather than disagreement. And so this is where, you know, I'm, I'm hoping this is going to be a thought provoking, I don't know, like you said, a paradigm or paradigm shift possibly to, to think about. And so what I, where I wanted to go, and I, I kind of let you know early in the week here about my thoughts and in leading into the discussion is um, <clears throat> we've spent several months going back to several lengthy passages in the Book of Mormon and reading and you know, getting the context and and really trying to dig into what does Alma eleven or Mosiah eleven say, and what does you know this Alma nineteen say, and that kind of thing. And so, what I wanted to do um, to kind of paint a whole picture, I, you know, before we get done in the hour, hopefully be start and finish this this discussion, uh, where I go back to those some of those passages that we've already talked about, and just briefly kind of touch on some of the main points, you kind know, of what we've talked about. And then roll those then into the section 76.7 that we've read through, but we didn't really spend a, a lot of time talking about and tell you how I'm currently seeing it in terms of the agreement between them. Okay. And uh, like I said, maybe a little different than what you might expect. So um, I guess... Take it away. I'm only going to do probably four uh, because there's probably others, but just to you know, keep it a little shorter. Um, <clears throat> so the first passage is Mosiah 11... And uh, one thirty, starting one thirty-two. <clears throat> Go ahead. And get yeah, so my Mosiah eleven one thirty-two, he says that those that are called in my name, uh, they shall come forth, and we talked about that as being resurrection, and they shall have a place eternally at my right hand. And then one thirty-three, he says. It shall come to pass when the second trump shall sound, then they that never knew me shall come forth and stand before me. And we talked about that was the second resurrection or the, the last resurrection and the, 
the standing before him would be in ju- the, the day of judgment. And then they shall know that I am the Lord, their God, that I am their Redeemer, but they would not be redeemed. And they shall, then will I confess unto them that I never knew them, and they shall depart into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. And then he goes on to talk about those that repent or not repent and, you know, to, to teach them so, to repent. And so this is, the Book of Mormon says that this is those who never knew God. That there is ultimately a separation from him. Um, and let's see, I mean, I've got some points here. So they never knew God. They would not be redeemed. Um, they would depart from him at the end because they, they were basically separated from him because they didn't know him. Okay. Right. So, sorry, I, my mind's straining because I want to. Uh, okay. I, I know we can't read chapters mm-hmm. every time we discuss <laughs> a verse, but I want to know who's talking and what the context is. So it says, uh-huh. King King Mosiah and Alma. Now it says the spirit. Of, this, I'm looking at one twenty. The spirit uh-huh. of Alma was again troubled, and he went and inquired of the Lord what he should do concerning this matter, for he feared that he should do wrong in the sight of the Lord. Uh-huh. And it came to pass, after he had poured out his whole soul to God, the voice of the Lord came to him, saying, so this is the voice of the Lord speaking to Alma, and I don't... I take upon me the sins. So it's Christ speaking, basically, and this is my church. I was wondering what the context was between him, who he was talking to, what's he troubled about before we get into the conversation. I don't want to... I don't want to divert us, but it's it's important to me to know the yeah the and, build up. So what this is this, just, this is the sin in the church that that you know Alma and Moses, King Mosiah were were dealing with that the people were you know the this sinful that had fallen away from the church, including their own sons, um, and they were troubled with how to how do we deal with this situation? And and then he goes on at, after the part that I read and just saying, look, tell them to repent and confess their sins and. And, okay, and that. So that's, is this so bringing it to our day? This would be people that had a chance to know, quote, the gospel, or at least to know righteousness or or how to act. This isn't like I'm just I'm not familiar with where yeah. we're at here. For, yeah, well, it, there's nothing in this passage that talks about the those that don't know the Lord. Okay, um, but it does say those you know those that never knew me um, shall stand before me. You know, and, and really that that passage of of um, when they come come forth at the second resurrection, they don't know him, and there is a finality to that separation at, at that point. Um, you know that there's not a chance for them to repent after the resurrection. They, you know, that's okay. it. that's the day. That's that's the end, right? Okay. Uh, it's too late for them. Um, so. Skipping ahead to the second passage, which is later in that same chapter, in one ninety six to one ninety nine. Remember, we we spent we camped out on this one um, quite a while too. And this was now Alma's son, Alma, who you know had his born again experience. And after he comes out of the three days of you know in that trance or whatever, that he's now you know he knew that he was in this dark abyss and his soul was in eternal torment. And then he came alive with with the faith in Christ. That's you know, like one ninety through one ninety four, one ninety. Okay, yeah. So Repenting under so, much tribulation, the Lord seemed fit to snatch me out of the everlasting burning. Right, okay, right. So I'm this is born of God. This is Alma Alma's second yep. uh, his his conversion testimony. But then he's he's making now a general statement um, about again the same the same thing about 
life after death and the final judgment. And so he says in, starting in 196, he will make himself manifest unto all, yea, every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess before him. Yea, even at the last day, when all men shall stand to be judged of him, then shall they confess that he is God. Then shall they confess, who live without God in the world, that the judgment of an everlasting punishment is just upon them. And they shall quake and tremble and shrink beneath the the glance of his all-searching eye. Okay. Okay, so again, I'm going to kind of summarize the main points, and I'm kind of trying again, like I said last time, kind of trying to pull threads together here to 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 build a uh, a consistent picture when we go into section 76 again. So every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. That's the wicked and the righteous. Mm-hmm. And so the bowing and the confessing at that point doesn't necessarily mean confessing like you know, confess and be saved. It's it's confess that he is just, regardless of, of what their outcome is, and um, and that those who are without God at that point uh, are are basically, you know, it says they quake, they tremble. Obviously, they're they are not comfortable in his presence. And when it says they shrink, and I think I talked about this before when we went through this passage, that to shrink is to one one definition is to withdraw or to pull back. You know, mm-hmm. to, to you know. And so that kind of, again, it indicates a separation uh, from him. <clears throat> so it's they who live without mm-hmm. God in this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the, in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Who live without God in the world. And again, we're, he doesn't say anything here about those that didn't have the knowledge of the gospel or did have. That's right. a whole different discussion that he's not even touching on here. So, you know, you we could go down that rabbit trail, but I don't want to. <laughs> That's <laughs> today, fine. To say that they live, some people we know, we believe, lived without God in the world, and yet they they accepted him in the prison house, right? They there is there is a category there that Alma's not dealing with, but we we know in the back of our minds that that exists, but he doesn't say it. So I, but the point is that when the when those people who are let's just say without God um, at the day of judgment. Um, that they're going to come before him and they're going to bow the knee before him, but they are eventually going to be separated from him or shrink, you know, pull back from his presence. And this is, you know, again, that, that eternal judgment that, that, that they, they can't be in his presence because they don't know him. Um, kind of like what Alma said, or what, uh, we read earlier that they, they don't know him. So, um, I'm ready to go on to the next one. Unless sure, you want to go do. ahead. So, so then the next one is Mosiah 8, and starting in 70. And this one is, of course, uh, Alma and Abinadi um, in their discussion there about um, you know, the gospel and, and Christ. And then, um, and I don't want to read this, whole passage but like 70 through 88 or so in that in that passage where we're uh, just starting in 70 you know Benedict stretch forth his hand and say that the time shall come when all shall see the salvation of the Lord every nation kindred tongue and people shall see eye to eye and conf- there's that word again they shall confess before God that his judgments are just right so that says the same thing as what the previous one says that at some point people are going to confess before God but not the kind of confession that's like no, they acknowledge. they acknowledge. They you know, acknowledge him. Yeah. yeah, even if you lived as a as an atheist, well, okay, mm-hmm. I guess there is a God. Uh, his judgments are just. I realize mm-hmm. that I chose wrong. Right. 
Right, right. And the 72, the wicked shall be cast out. So there's the separation of the wicked and the righteous. And um, then he goes on into, the next few verses goes on into kind of talking about the fall of man and the being subject to the devil and mankind was lost. And then, uh, <clears throat> probably should jump down to about 81 or so, the, talking about the resurrection and 83. I'm going to end up at 88, so I'm kind of in this this section here. So like this, maybe in 83. So this mortal shall put on immortality and this corruption, incorruption, and they shall be brought to stand before the bar of God to be judged of him according to their works. There's that phrase that we've talked about. Mm -hmm. Whether they be good or whether they be evil. And if they be good to the resurrection of endless life and happiness, and if they be evil to the resurrection of endless damnation. And so we've talked about this weeks, you know, months ago right. about the two resurrections. One's the resurrection of life and one's the resurrection of damnation, he says. Um, uh, let's see. Being delivered up to the devil, having gone according to their own carnal wills and desires, having never called upon the Lord while the arms of mercy were extended towards them. For the arms of mercy were extended towards them and they would not. They being warned of their iniquities, yet they would not depart from them. They were commanded to repent and yet they would not repent. And so, again, um, whoops, let me look at my notes. So, again, this is the same idea. The wicked are confessing before God. They they weren't repentant, and so they are separated from him in the end. Right. Because and they, yeah. There's a lot, uh, and this is the end probably maybe of some chiastic mm-hmm. literature because, pages before we're talking about that resurrection again now they're kind of mm-hmm. repeating it so yeah again we're for brevity we're pulling out but mm-hmm. i think the theme here that's important or, or one of the things to focus on is that whoever they're talking about now they had a chance to repent they had mm-hmm. a chance to hear the word of god and and to respond so right right and again in this passage just to note it for, you know not for discussion necessarily but but he doesn't say anything about with or without a knowledge of the law and that kind of thing. But again, in the back of our minds, we realize that everybody's going to have that chance to repent. Correct. You know, Correct. Right. Is, is just in that sense that he. Well, it says they being warned of their iniquities, mm-hmm. they would not depart from them. Uh, earlier on in 77, it says, He mm-hmm. that persists in his own carnal nature mm-hmm. and is going the way of sin and rebellion against God. So mm-hmm. there is a. Yeah, that's where we're at. That's yeah. And, and if I were to deal strictly with what it actually says, we'd be talking about the wicked in this life, you know, their, their acts before they die, but I think we can extend that beyond if, in the idea that if, if you know, they, they didn't repent in the, in the prison house either, uh, okay. even though it's not mentioned here. And then the last one that, from the Book of Mormon that I wanted to touch on was Alma 19, which again is on the same theme, you know, I see a recurring theme here, right. <laughs> of the uh, resurrection and the, and the judgment. This would be Alma to his son, Coriantumur? Yes. And there's several places in this, and I I, I don't want to camp out too long here because I I want to have time to make sure that we... I think we've spent full podcasts on... Cory and I have, at least on Alma 19. Oh, I'm sure. And then we and I spent some time on it as well. But just to... Maybe I'll, I'll kind of wrap up. So... I'll throw out the verses, the verse numbers that I was looking at, but uh, maybe not try to read all of it. Um, Alma 19, 43 to 47, 66 to 69, 
and then 94 to 108 are kind of the passages that are really talking about the the death, the the afterlife. And I think one of the things I want to I do want to just highlight in, in 43 to 45 there is he's talking about the spirits of all men. Mm-hmm. Those who are righteous go to paradise, and those who are wicked go to did he say hell? Uh, anyway, it says they're cast out into outer darkness, but we know that that's a temporary thing at that point because right. that's that during that from now till a thousand year reign, basically. And that the <laughs> the category for that is they that have no part or no portion of mm-hmm. the spirit of the Lord. Mm-hmm. They chose evil works rather than good, so they right. may not necessarily know the fullness of Jesus, mm-hmm. but they have chosen evil works. And they have no portion of the Spirit of the Lord in them. Right. They go into outer darkness. And he, he boils it down into two very, very simple boilerplate kind of things. They're the righteous and they're the wicked. Correct. You know, and this right. is a state of temporary mm-hmm. resting place, right? Yeah, Paradise. Well, yeah. yeah, we understand that that's a temporary resting place. Um, and then, well, just to, again, briefly touch on, if I flip over a page to 66, down to about 69, this is the place that we've talked about. Uh, you and I have uh, spent some time on the about the justice of God and being judged according to their works. If their works were evil, they were restored to him for evil. Um, that, that if their works were good, they were restored to them for good. Uh, that you don't have good restored to you for evil or evil restored to you for right. good um, and that kind of thing. And, uh, and he does tie that in 69 down to if he has repented of his sins and desired righteousness until the end of his days, he should be rewarded unto righteousness. Um, and then, you know, I know that I'm just jumping here because I, I'm trying to kind of just okay. lay, lay a foundation of stuff we've already talked about um, so that I can kind of pull those in as, as I get to... to just to back DLC. up this this yep. temporary resting place, 47 mm-hmm. says they remain here until mm-hmm. the time of their resurrection. So we're not, yeah. we're not resurrected yet. Not resurrected yet. But then later in the chapter, they are. So we go to 94 through about about 108 or so, that's where it gets into then the uh, the plan of mercy, 97, about the atonement and repentance comes to man and so on. And then um, oh, probably down about 104, and that's probably a good place to finish up with, with this one, okay. where it talks about that you know there's a punishment of, affixed and there's repentance granted. If there's repentance, mercy claims them. And otherwise, justice claims. Yes. And so there's mercy and justice. One right? or the other. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and that's important. So that, that'll be important too. And Yeah, it's the, it's the overwhelming theme of the entire book, really, yeah, the Book yeah. of Mormon. And they're restored into his presence. That is those, those ultimately who are claimed by mercy, they're, they're restored into his presence. But actually, this, this verse 106 actually says they're restored into his presence. That's everybody, actually. Um, that's kind of the bringing forth to the judgment. Right. But then those that are judged according to their works uh, and, and justice exercising his demands, well, that then leads to their outcome of being separated from him. Mm-hmm. Whereas mercy claims those that her her own and none but the truly penitent are saved. Um, so, let's see. So again, the summary, the wicked go to hell when they die. They receive justice. They receive punishment for their evil works. And again, after their resurrection, there's, you know, it's basically too late. You know, there, there's no chance after they're resurrected uh, for them to finally repent when they're standing before the bar of God. 
you know, at that point, justice is being exercised upon them based on what they have done. Um, it says they restored to his presence, judged mm-hmm. according to their works. Mm-hmm. Justice claims his demands, mercy mm-hmm. claimeth her, and thus none but the truly penitent are saved. Right. So I see whatever's going on here, that if you're truly penitent, mercy will have claim on you. Now, yep. whether you were penitent in the mm-hmm. prison house mm-hmm. or on this earth before you died, I don't know. Yeah, and again, he doesn't say, and this is one thing we didn't spend a lot of time on, but in Alma 19, you know, it says, spends all this time about the wicked going to, you know, cast out and so on, and there's nothing in there um, on a whole different subject. The the idea that, that people could repent after they die and come out of that, you know, place of suffering into, you know, Alma doesn't even say anything about it, like the Doctrine and Covenants does. Um, right. But, but we, we believe that it's in there. You know, we believe that there is a... And he's talking right. to his son, who, right. who is a minister, mm-hmm. who who knows what discussions they've had in the past, but there's mm-hmm. a there's a base knowledge there, right. so it's not a... And he's also impressing upon his son, look, you know, this is I'm not talking about those people who don't know. I'm talking to you. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> right. So he didn't need to say it in this context, so... Um, okay, so what I want to do next, and you know, if you're ready to, to jump in now, is I want to turn over to section 76, verse 7, dun, and dun, pull dun. out the points that, where I see the, the agreement between the two. All right, I'm here. Okay. What so verse? Section 76, 7, and this, again, we've read this whole thing once all the way through, um, so we just... I don't want to read every single verse again, but there's quite a few that are that are good in here. So this is seven um, A is now we've, we're splitting from the terrestrial world mm-hmm. to the telestial, right? Okay, all right. So, so first of all, section seventy six seven in general is about the wicked. Um, in verse B, it says they are they who received not the gospel of Christ, neither the testimony of Jesus. In verse D, it says that they are thrust down to hell. But right, okay. but also I want to I want to not skip C. Just mm-hmm. keep this in mind as we go forward. These yeah. are they who deny not the Holy Spirit. Yeah, agreed. I, I, I didn't want to skip it because it's not important. But but pointing out, kind of bringing in certain points here that that these are the ones who are thrust down to hell. So those are the ones who would be called by Alma the wicked. And later on in. Um, where was it? Oh, much later on. Um, in they, verse O. They are they are the wicked, but that's mm-hmm. everything going forward hinges on that verse mm-hmm. C though, because I want us mm-hmm. to I just want to bring that out. If you deny not the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. you you haven't really had chance to interact with it, correct? Like you you haven't had a chance to to know for a surety that you're denying something that's real. I want to say it. Mm-hmm. You, obviously you're not a good person. Mm-hmm. You're not, you're, you, when it says they haven't received the gospel of Jesus Christ, neither the testimony of Jesus. I don't know that that means they've never heard of it, mm-hmm. but they've never had a chance to interact on it with truth based on however you've lived in this life. You know, maybe your circumstances. Um, but, you haven't denied the Holy Spirit. So we know the unpardonable sin is to know mm-hmm. God, to have the Holy Spirit, to it, it's, it, it's, it's impacted you in such a way that you can't deny that it's real. And then you turn from it and say, I want nothing to do with this. Mm-hmm. 
That's yeah, no, that, I don't. Yeah, I don't disagree with so, that. Yeah, but that's just that's really important because you can go to hell, but you have yet to deny the Holy Spirit. So mm-hmm. it, it's not. There's some hope there, number one, but it's really defining a cat. That's really important. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll bring that up again as we go sure. through this. Sure. Um, and then, again, the, my my point one here, point number one is that this is talking about people who are defined as and described as the wicked. And that comes back again in verses M, N, O, yeah, M, N, O, um, where it says that they receive not the gospel, neither the testimony of Jesus, neither the prophets, neither the everlasting covenant. It says that they will not be gathered with the saints and received into the cloud, which means that they won't have part in the first resurrection. Um, It says that they are liars, sorcerers, adulterers, whoremongers, whoever loves and makes a lie. And again, just kind of going back to like Alma or Mosiah 8, you know, it talked about them being carnal, sensual, and devilish. And, and just, all, you know, that we're, we're talking about, I, 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 th- I see that the, the similarity is, is here in Alma 19, that the spirits of the wicked, those who are evil. This is the same category of, of the wicked that we're talking about, that, that Book of Mormon is talking about. Sure. Fair enough. And, I, and even 7Q says, these are they who suffer the vengeance of eternal fire. Mm-hmm. So... Th- Here's one way to look at it. When we think of eternal fire, you can your mind can quickly go to this is it, the mm-hmm. finality. But right. it's not because they haven't denied the Holy Spirit yet. But right. they are, they are. It seems to me they are suffering eternal fire. In other words, they are realizing this. I am totally cut off from the presence of God, or this is what it's like to not be in the presence of God. Right. Um, right. So they're getting a portion of. Mm-hmm what that is. Right. And then, you know, Alma 1946 was basically, they should be cast into outer darkness. Mm-hmm. And usually we think of that phrase, outer darkness is kind of like the final, final. At the very end, but, but he's saying it right now, you know, even at the time of their death with weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. So he describes these things as eternal, not in necessarily the end, but as a quality of God's eternal. Character. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You get a, you get a taste of right. this is what it means, but, but you haven't mm-hmm. denied the Holy spirit yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So second point, um, these, as I see it described in section 76, that they, they never know God and they, they never accept him, at least as far as the text goes that I, as I read it. Um, and I'm I'm reading from again, seven B that says they received not the gospel seven M they received not the gospel and in seven F you look at that one. It says, these are they who receive not of his fullness in the eternal world. 7F. 7F, yeah. And I, I've i always read that, <clears throat> read that and still do, actually, um, as the eternal world is basically that world in which they're inhabiting. You know, the, you know after they die, they are basically in eternity. Um, and in the eternal world means that they they don't ever receive his fullness. I would say this is, or, or that could be just referring to the, the millennium or Mm -hmm. uh, the other side of the veil, your heart stopped beating and you're, you're not in a, you're not of a celestial nature. You Mm -hmm. didn't return to the father. Right. Uh, You haven't been brought back with the church of the firstborn. You're, Mm -hmm. you're not even able to, to be in the presence really of, it looks like even of Jesus right now, you, mm-hmm. you have some, uh, because Jesus is, is not, 
from what I've read in the scriptures at this point in time, it's not like man Jesus walking here where he can abide the presence of mm-hmm. of sin, but this is a, a fullness. This is a God in His glory, His His kingdom, right? His mm-hmm. His what what takes place on the other side of the veil, you, and that's where you get into the ministries. You can receive the ministry, mm-hmm. uh, but you yeah. So F F is uh, mm-hmm. read that again. Yeah. Uh, scroll down. Let's see. These are they who receive not of His fullness in the eternal world, but of the Holy Spirit. So they haven't mm-hmm. denied the Holy Spirit yet. So now mm-hmm. they are receiving right. part of the Holy Spirit. Well, they're receiving ministry. They receive, right. they receive of the Holy Spirit through the ministration of the terrestrial. Um, so they're receiving ministry of and the ministry of angels. It says later uh, that the angels are ministering to them and so on. Yeah, I was, I was, I wanted to bring up. Uh, I scrolled down and then I scrolled back up. Somewhere down there, I just read it and now I can't find it. But mm-hmm. for the sake of those listening, I don't want. It says worlds. Um, it world talks about how many, not worlds without end, but they were, uh, uh, hang on. Verse T. Uh, maybe, let's see. Innum- innumerable as the stars of the firmament. Yes. Behold, mm-hmm. and lo, we saw the glory and the inhabit. It jumps back and forth, right? It, mm-hmm. it keeps, it keeps, it describes something and then it goes back and then it describes something. So here in T, this is just talking about, we saw the glory and in the inhabitants of the celestial world. They were as innumerable as the stars in the firmament of heaven or the sand on the seashore. Mm-hmm. Just think about that for a minute as far as relating to repentance and don't procrastinate in this. Mm-hmm. So let's just say, as, as we're discussing, this isn't, let's just say there is a possibility mm-hmm. to repent and to come back to God, which I believe mm-hmm. we've just described outer darkness tasting of the eternal mm-hmm. punishment and fire of God. Uh, you can't even abide the presence of the celestial or the terrestrial. And the people that are in this state are, you can't even count them. Mm-hmm. That's to me, that says that's maybe the majority of every creation. I don't know a percentage, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's hard to say. We went through a little math exercise of how many people were ever born uh-huh. Uh, it was a fascinating thing, but I don't know what the percentage is, but it says that you can't count them. Uh-huh. The scenes of the seashore. That sounds to me like that most people, uh, at least there's, there's a huge number of people that never accepted God. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's just wrap your mind around that, that the telestial world and, and, if you wrap your mind around that, then I have to ask myself, mm-hmm. where am I at on my pathway? Mm-hmm. If, if the majority, you know, why do I automatically think that just because of my parents or where I'm born or whatever that I, or cause I had the book of Mormon on my shelf mm-hmm. that I wouldn't be one of those sands on the seashore. That's really mm-hmm. uh, sobering. Yeah. And that's a time really to take inventory of your soul and a gut check and, what do I believe? You know, am I just believing traditions and going through motions or where is my heart at really? You know, mm-hmm. do I, do I have a heart for, for the Lord and wanting to be with him? So this is really sobering. And I don't, I don't think you can stress that enough mm-hmm. that the sands of the seashore is how many people are here and why my first thought is why would I not be there? And mm-hmm. that's a good question to ask yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, 
if you get into very literal, you know, can you count the number of grains of sand on a, you know, any given beach in the world? Well, no, you really can't. Right. Um, so what that's conveying is a picture of this. If you looked at it, this scene, if you and I were there, you know, looking at this scene, how many people does it take? Okay. Let's take an example. Yeah. <laughs> if, if the, the Royals won what several years ago, mm-hmm. one of the, the, World Series, right? Right. And so you see this sea of blue down in Kansas City, and you could say this was an innumerable, even as the sands of the sea, you know, I couldn't even count how many. There was just a, right. ma- a mass of people I couldn't even count. But but really, there was only like, what, 100,000 people or something. I mean, it mm-hmm. was, you know, so it's not like in the billions. We didn't have a billion people here in Kansas City. But what the, you know, so I don't know how, like you said, in terms of numbers, I don't know that we could really even speculate, begin to speculate on what percentages no, or numbers. But, it's really conveying a an impression, I think a picture that oh, there's, there's a lots and lots whole of lot of people here yeah. and, and really, yeah. But that doesn't say that there's not a whole lot of people also in terrestrial either. It doesn't. It's so, but it, yeah, but I don't know that it, I don't think that it does say that though. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't say that. You're right. It yeah. doesn't say that, but it yeah. certainly makes, makes a point of saying there's a lot of people in this one. Yeah. <laughs> and there is an impression that's given to us regardless of numbers and regardless of percentages, this is bad, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we should, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll receive and, and emphasize your point there is that, yeah, the, the wording there is, is given to us in the, in a way that to convey this impression, this is really bad. We need to be really serious about this. And for us that do know, yeah, we need to be very serious about taking this out to the masses, out to the world because we care about them. And, and yeah, I think that's for our standpoint, that's the impression that we should be, taken away is we should care more about those people just like, you know, they're going to suffer. Yes, but we should be just as concerned. I agree. That's, that's probably something we don't focus on enough. And yet, uh, you know, the Jehovah witness for, for all of their messed up ideas, they, they have an idea that we've got to go and bring the Mm -hmm. gospel to everybody so that they can have a chance to, to hear it. So, you know, there's a finite number of people in the kingdom and we want to give everybody an opportunity to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, you're correct. That's the other thing that is talking about they that didn't receive the testimony of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I, I heard, uh, Rob Fotheringham, I've discussed him before, but on his video, uh, a LDS person who's very, very humble and was talking about actually 76, just very briefly. He said, Receiving that testimony of Jesus is receiving the Holy Spirit of promise where you no longer are unsure about your salvation. You know Jesus in such an intimate way. You could even say you're born again mm-hmm. that his His suffering, his death, his atonement has saved me. I will be with him uh, forever. And I have no doubts of that. It's it's this born again experience. It's in it's receiving the testimony of Jesus that you are mm-hmm. saved. Yeah. You are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. You know that and it's because your heart has been completely transformed by him. Yeah. And there's an assurance there. Yes. Like assurance. Faith, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Yeah. Correct. Right. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so I'm going to make a statement as before I move on to the next point that you may not quite agree with, but I want to, I want you to think about it in maybe a little bit different way. Okay. I said, you know, I've quoted several of the passages in, in this, this paragraph that says that they, they don't receive the gospel, they don't receive the testimony of Jesus. I don't read anything in section 76-7 that says that they ever do receive Jesus. And I want you to think about it from this point of view. 
if these people were basically sent to hell, mm-hmm. or we might actually call it the prison house because there are certain scriptures that, that lead us to believe that, if they had received Jesus during the millennium or during their sojourn in, in this state of, of torment, they would be described instead under section 76 seven, or 6 of the, tele, or the terrestrial glory that says that they received him, you know, they received the testimony of Jesus in the prison house. Let me say that again a little more, more simply. So these people we're describing as those who were wicked, those who didn't know Christ when they went when they died. And I'm making the assertion here that the Doctrine and Covenants never says that they accept Christ in the sense that you and I would understand as far as receiving the atonement unto unto mercy. And if they had received Christ in this time, in this state, then he, then they would have been described as what, what the Doctrine and Covenants calls the terrestrial glory. Right. But he never says that about these people. So my... Right, my 6C, right? Is, Behold, 6C. these are... Yeah, I, I, yeah, no, I'm with you now. I haven't yeah. thought of this. Yeah. So these are they who died without law, spirits of men kept in prison. The son visited, preached the gospel unto them that mm-hmm. they might be judged according to men in the flesh mm-hmm. who received not the testimony of Jesus in, in the, the flesh. flesh, but afterwards received it. Right. Okay. Okay, right. So, so my my assertion, take it or leave it, is that the people that we're reading about in section seventy six seven, correct, telestial t- glory, has to be they, a different group. They don't receive Jesus in the prison house, and therefore they don't have that same promise of the people in the previous paragraph, uh, because it simply doesn't say that they. Re- it even says just the opposite. They don't receive him. Correct. Um, so, I haven't thought of it this way, but mm-hmm. I think it it. it it makes sense. It lines up. The terrestrial world, it says Christ visited them mm-hmm. and they received the testimony then. Mm-hmm. And then if you go down and talk about the telestial, these are they who shall not be redeemed from the devil until the last resurrection, mm-hmm. until the Lord, even Christ, the lamb shall have finished his work. Mm-hmm. So they, my thought is, <laughs> we're just talking about things that we barely even can mm-hmm. conceive, but it seems like, there's a group of people that were so wicked that they couldn't receive of Christ's ministry even, but they haven't denied the Holy Spirit. And then there's another group of people that were a little better off that were able to receive the ministry of Jesus. Or maybe they were willing to receive. They were, were willing un- to receive. Or unwilling. It, it's, it doesn't... You know, but the, the thing is, it does say they shall not be redeemed from the devil until... Mm-hmm. So they are still redeemed from the devil. Yeah, and I agree with that. Yeah, I'm not denying that. That's where that's uh, where the kingdom I, comes in. When I when I come to the the conclusion, you're you're gonna not necessarily like how I how I wrap this up, but um, <laughs> we'll see if I, when when we get there. Um, so third point, we know that they go to hell. They they're sent to hell for the millennium, or even longer than the millennium. You know, up until that final day of judgment, and so therefore, because they're as we read, they're suffering that you know, suffering in hell, um, they are the ones who are receiving justice, not mercy. If we took what, what Alma said in, in Alma 19 and Mosiah 11, uh, 35, um, um, Alma describes justice and he describes mercy. Correct. Well, these are in the justice category because they are 
experiencing the justice of God because of their wickedness rather than the mercy of God. Well, right. Mercy hasn't been able to claim them right now. Right. Correct. I agree. Um, And then, of course, we know that at the end, about around, um, where's the resurrection in here? Um, Well, it doesn't actually say resurrection, but we know that right here, but uh, verse U, it says, we're assuming a resurrection here, uh, at least, that these all shall bow the knee and every tongue shall confess to him who sits upon the throne forever and ever. And so... They, they're going to come forth at the second resurrection and um, they're standing before God's judgment bar. It says that they bow the knee, they confess to him, and they are acknowledging him. Now, we read about that two or three places in the Book of Mormon, in Mosiah 11 and Mosiah 8, about them confessing to God and yet, in the end, being separated from him a certain group of people are going to confess before him and yet be separated from him. And and then finally in verse V, this verse that you and I have talked about a lot, um, where God, you know, as as they, and I, maybe I want to read a whole, the whole verse V because the context is important. It says, They shall be judged according to their works, and every man shall receive according to his own works and his own dominion in the mansions which are prepared... And they shall be the servants of the Most High, but where God and Christ dwell, they cannot come, worlds without end. Correct. And whether you interpret that phrase, worlds without end, as being an innumerable company of people, or whether you interpret that phrase as saying, um, in time, you know, infinite infinite time in the future, uh, which is how I've always seen it, either way it says after they're judged according to their works, where as they're judged according to their works, it then says that where God and Christ dwell, they cannot come. And where I'm tying that in is, is again, Mosiah 11, um, where that at the end, they confess that he is God, and yet they shrink from his presence. They, they are separated and withdraw from his presence. And I'm taking this in that context to say that, yes, where God and Christ dwell, they cannot come. Mm-hmm. They are going to be separated from his presence, and therefore, um, they are not in, <clears throat> if we define the kingdom of God as the presence of Christ, let's say, the presence of God in Christ, um, they are not in the kingdom of God in that sense. Okay. Now, do they, are they, well, let me stop there. So, so those, those are the, the points as, as I've kind of come to, you know, looking at these verses, and, and one of the key verses to me that I don't know that I'd taken seriously enough in, in past years of, of looking at this was this idea of bowing the knee and confessing, and then looking at what does the Book of Mormon say about that? It says there's a group of wicked who are going to confess before God and bow the knee, and yet not come into his presence. And I'm like, well, there's celestial glory right there. Okay, so yeah. my turn. So, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a possibility, and I think it's pretty a pretty good possibility. 7V is just repeating uh, who is in celestial glory mm-hmm. that, because we've already read, they can receive the ministry. They can't receive the ministry of the Father or the Son, but they can receive the ministry of the spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, 
says that it's there's innumerable as the sands on the seashore. I think this is stating that again, the same thing. They're going to recognize that God is God and he is just uh, their worlds without end where, where the most high is where God and Christ. dwell, they cannot come because this is all still talking about, tell us about the resurrection. Tell us mm-hmm. about the, re- this is not um, a final judgment yet. Uh, that's, that seems clear to me. Even if you go back to the very beginning of section 76, it says only the sons of perdition are not saved. Mm-hmm. So, only the, that's the good news. That's the gospel. The sons mm-hmm. of perdition, only they are not saved. So just because these people are in a state where they can't be with the most high right now, it doesn't say that that's where they end up uh, mm-hmm. forever. As a matter of fact, there's so many scriptures that would contradict that. So well, even the Book of Mormon, right? Well, no. And that's, that's what I'm trying to point out, Mike, is from the Book of Mormon, we would say there's a group of people who never knew God. Correct. Who are the wicked, who go to hell who experience the justice of God, who are resurrected and stand before God to be judged of their works, who confess before God and confess that his judgments are just, and then in the end, that judgment is pronounced upon them and they're separated from his presence. It it lays in perfectly to exactly what everything that we've read in section 76-7 and the Book of Mormon, taking the Book of Mormon, all those statements, all those passages and, and others that we you know, that I didn't, you know, review this uh, this morning. Um, in the end, the Book of Mormon says very clearly about those people is that they do not spend eternity with the Father. Uh, and I'm agreeing with that and saying Section 76 doesn't either. It never says that they they end up in the presence of the Father. Let me ask you a question: mm-hmm. What these people that why why are they not sons of perdition? Because they never denied the Holy Ghost. <laughs> because they never had it. Well, that seems like a bum rap. Why do you say? Why, why the Lord doesn't allow for that in his word. I mean, over and over again, it talks about you either, you either grow until you receive a fullness or you deny it until you have nothing. Why would they not become a son of perdition? Well, we've talked about that verse in the past and I, and I disagree with that as being an absolute you know, that's well, that, and that's fine. Yeah, we, we're allowed yeah, to disagree, yeah, but yeah. my my goal is that people realize that's a very viable option. Not it, only it is. I, I and I'm not saying this is the only possibility for. Well, why why are these people not going to become a son of perdition if they haven't denied the Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. Then they still have opportunity to respond to the Holy Spirit. Okay, so I'll go back and to answer your question. Uh, turn back a page over to section seventy six four. Well, I'll scroll because I don't have my scroll. book open. Okay. <laughs> uh, beginning of four. Okay. Thus saith the Lord concerning all those who know my power and have been made partakers thereof and have suffered themselves through the power of the devil to be overcome and to deny the truth and defy my power. They are the sons uh, of perdition. They are the sons of perdition. And so there is a category of people who know him. And after they have known him, they have turned away. Right. What I'm saying is that the category of people described in section 76, 7, they never knew him. And so they're automatically in a different category from the sons of perdition who did know him, who embraced him. And I would add a word in here of saying they, they were, they made a covenant with him. I mean that they, they are covenant people who, you know, to, to know Christ, you actually have to receive him and, and to, 
I, I say parenthetically, adding in that they have they have made a covenant with him, and so they've known him in a in a deeper sense, in the okay. sense that they they know his power, and they they have. Uh, what does it say uh, that they fall away? You know, in order to fall away from something, you have to have it first. Okay. And as I read section seventy six seven, they never had it, ever, ever, ever. <laughs> in other words, they they never embraced it. They never received it. In fact, it says that it, it specifically says that they never. <laughs> oh wow! Never, this is okay. So, so it's becoming clear to me now, okay. and it's becoming even. <laughs> you, you may not like this, but it's mm-hmm. becoming even more clear to me. You read section. You read mm-hmm. verse four. All those who know my power, mm-hmm. you've been partakers thereof, and then through the power of the devil, you deny it, mm-hmm. you defy my power. That's who the sons of perdition are. Mm-hmm. We read the celestial people have never denied the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So you haven't denied the truth. You haven't defied his power. You're just a little ornery little whoremonger, sorcerer, but you've never denied the Holy Spirit because you've never had a chance to know it. Not a chance to know it. Yeah, you can't you, deny you, something. You haven't actually known it. You haven't known the Holy Spirit. Right. So you can't deny it. Right. So let's let's take a different Book of Mormon paradigm, let's say not specific scripture, but you have the Nephites who knew the Lord. They were they were members of the covenant, they had been baptized, they had, had known him, and then eventually they fall away. And it says, and then they have the Lamanites who are basically the wicked. You know, they they never knew him because they they didn't even have, you know. They dwindled in unbelief unbelief. as opposed to willfully rebelling against him. And we've read, you and I have read passages where it says that it will be more tolerable for them in the day of judgment than for you Nephites who knew the truth and accepted the truth and then denied it and fell away from what they, they had already embraced it was different for the Lamanites because they had never actually certain, you know, in certain periods of time there that they had never actually embraced it. And so they were the wicked, but the Nephites, they were the apostates. Right. right? So not to be funny or anything, Mm -hmm. but I'm not trying to be silly, but (laughs) when you're talking about a group of people or a culture, uh, you still, you still, it comes down to you and I are going to stand before Jesus individually. And whether I lived in a culture that was a Christian culture or not, it's it's still an individual. What what was your life experience, and did you have a chance to know me and then deny me? Mm-hmm. But this is we're talking about a very straightforward concept here. You mm-hmm. haven't denied the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost bears record of the Father and the Son. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't denied the Holy Ghost, regardless of how sinful and evil you were, mm-hmm. you're going to have a chance, or you're going to be in this this place where you're not a son of perdition because you haven't defied that yet. You haven't mm-hmm. turned away from it, having known it. I, I say that they could never be a son of perdition because Correct. because they never they never accepted it in the first. So place. then it looks like where we would disagree then is if you're not a son of perdition and you haven't denied the Holy Ghost, you still are in this state where you'll be in the kingdom but not with God the Father. In other words, you're not going to have any other opportunity to respond? It depends on how you define the kingdom. <laughs> well, 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 that's what we're talking so about, if, right? If, if we're defining the kingdom, it, let, let's say back to the verse I read at the beginning, First Nephi 4.61, you know, the final state is to dwell in the kingdom of God or to be cast out. Mm-hmm. If we define the kingdom of God as being the presence of Christ, then... What I'm saying is that the the telestial glory are not in the kingdom according to that definition because they are not in the presence of Christ because they never accepted him. And the justice of God applies rather than the mercy. 
Yeah, that's... Okay. Now, uh, if you define the kingdom of God differently, and this is how I've always always thought of it, if you define the kingdom of God as anybody that's not a son of perdition, well, okay, they're in the kingdom of God. <laughs> but then what is their experience in the kingdom of God if they've never actually accepted Christ? That's how you're defining right. the kingdom, right? It, I'm, I'm saying you could you could define it either way. <laughs> but, oh, wow. I could never define the kingdom <clears throat> like that. I don't think the scriptures do. But I that's don't think what, so either. So I, that's what I'm saying is that if, the, if we take a fairly straightforward... You know, and I know Corey has taught, you know, some classes and you guys have probably talked about this, justice or mercy. You know, Mm -hmm. mercy is the atonement and coming into the presence of God. Justice is being cast out. What I'm saying is that if you make that dividing line as as how you define the kingdom, then I agree. But that means that the telestial glory have a glory, but it's not, they're not in the kingdom of God because they're not in the presence of Christ. And that's what you in that definition in in the definition if you know apply. Well, give me okay. So we're at an hour. Give me your definition of the kingdom of God. Then what what are these people that haven't denied the Holy Spirit? What what, where are they at? They're not a son of perdition. Mm -hmm. They the devil hasn't sealed him his. No. Well, they just to read what it says. They. They are in the mansions which are prepared. This is another thing. If you could define mansion as the equivalent with kingdom, then that gives you a different view. But but it just says that they are in the mansions which are prepared, and they shall be the servants of the Most High. That's what I believe. And they they are judged. They are they receive justice according to their works, because they didn't have mercy to cover them. They didn't have the atonement to cover those sins. Right, and we've agreed that because they didn't receive the testimony of Jesus. So they had to receive the the punishment, the, the justice had to fall on them because they had no atonement to atone for their sins. That's why they're in hell to begin with, is because they're they're experiencing justice. Okay. Okay. The only reason we could say that they are saved is that they are saved from something even worse which is the fate of the sons of perdition, and that there is a glory that they receive, a reward or a glory for, for what? whatever good. You know, there, there is good that they have done. What? And what have they done good? They're, they're whoremongers, they're sorcerers, adulterers. Sure. But they love their wife or they, they you know, mm. help them. They, they, they have done good things in the sense that they have responded to the Spirit of Christ sometime during their life. Have they? <laughs> right. uh, well, I assume so. It says they didn't receive... Yeah. Jesus, the testimony of Jesus. They, they didn't deny the Holy Spirit. No, so but they they have, and this is me reading in now Moroni seven fourteen into this, which mm-hmm. is that the Spirit of Christ is given to every man to teach them good from evil, and so someone can respond to that Spirit of Christ to do good, and God says you will be rewarded according to your your good works, but then as evil you're you're going to be rewarded for the evil works too there's still a reward for the good, even if they don't actually, in the end, confess Jesus Christ unto a grace-based, or a a mercy-based salvation, there is still a reward there that he has for them, which is not the the ultimate penalty that the sons of perdition who fall away from the truth. That's the separation between, between the wicked and the apostates is what does that, it, <clears throat> that there is a there is a blessing that God has for them in eternity, even though they don't ever actually come to Him. 
What so what does it mean to you to deny the Holy Spirit? Kind of what I said earlier, but I'll I'll just kind of state it. You have to first of all receive the Holy Spirit and accept the Holy Spirit, and then you turn your heart completely away. And the de- denying is not, maybe if you think about it, denying is like, no, no, I'm never going to have, you know, you push it away, push it away, and you never received it. You could you could define that as being denying the Holy Spirit. I don't. That's not that's not how I see it. When, I, when it says that they deny the Holy Spirit, I'm taking this in the context of that they are the people who first received it. They embraced it. They made a covenant with Christ. And then when they broke that covenant, they are denying and turning away that Holy Spirit that they once received. That's what I. That's how I understand in the context of denying the Holy Spirit is denying something that they had once known. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so in this case, they've never known Jesus, mm-hmm. and they've never denied Jesus. They weren't the best of a person, so they've gone mm-hmm. to the prison house or hell. Mm-hmm. They've tasted a portion of the eternal fire. They've been cast into outer darkness. Uh, they're even so wicked that they can't even receive the ministry of the fullness of the Father. Or but, won't, yeah. Or, But they've never denied the Holy Spirit. In other words, to deny something, you, you've had to have known it and then turned away from it. Mm-hmm. So then I guess we're at a place where, well, will, will they have an option to receive the Holy Spirit and to change? And you would say no. I would say that during that period of time, while they're in... And he doesn't describe it as a prison house here, but I think I, I'm good with calling this this hell that they're experiencing a, a part of the prison house, let's say. I mean, we've kind of talked about like degrees, mm-hmm. degrees of suffering or whatever. <clears throat> they have opportunity, yes. They have, they have lots of opportunity as the Spirit is ministering to them. And if at any point in time they had responded in the eternal world to that, that, that enticement, that, that invitation... Mm-hmm then we would have been describing them as, as, as you read section 76-7, is that they received the testimony of Jesus afterwards. Mm-hmm. If they had actually responded to that, that invitation of the Holy Spirit in the prison house or in the hidden hell, then they would have received the testimony of Jesus and then been described as, well, a, as a glory of... Okay, a, a, we got to be careful to not go linear. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that there's a... <laughs> I don't know that it's describing a linear movement like okay here's people that had a chance and didn't here's people that had a chance and did uh that linear in, in time or linear in lin- space what well linear in oh gosh <laughs> linear in time uh-huh. like a lot of times when it's laying out events in our mind we're thinking you know on day one everybody went here on day three uh-huh. these people accepted jesus on day 10 these people uh-huh. uh didn't so they're left here i, I don't know that it's doing that it's not not linear in that sense but let's just say sometime before their resurrection if if before their resurrection they had been willing to receive the testimony of Jesus mm-hmm. then I would say that the category of terrestrial applies to them because they received the testimony of Jesus afterwards before the final day of judgment, they will either receive the testimony of Jesus or they will have had opportunity to know him mm-hmm. and they will um, they will then deny the Holy Spirit and they mm-hmm. will become a son of perdition or they will have accepted him and be in the kingdom of God with yeah. the Father. That's what I believe. Yeah, and I don't, and I don't, the way I, don't, I read it, and I understand the perspective, but I don't agree with it, I guess, is that somebody could become a believer in the, 
eternal world and then fall away in the eternal world. I, or, or that somebody becomes a son of perdition by continually, by always rejecting. Um, okay, I, fair I just, enough. That's... I just don't read. I just don't read that becoming a son of perdition is is the category of always rejecting. It's the the category of those that receive it, embrace it with all their heart, and then they and they know they they know, and then they turn away. So well, so we agree. I think we agree on most things. I I want you to. I don't want to break here because we're. <laughs> so just tell me your final idea then of the kingdom of God. There's there's uh, there's a place where the Father is. There's a place where Jesus is, and then there's a place where neither of them are, but but you're not in. So I'm going to come back to a statement I made on a previous previous podcast about that. Is, because I know you've had a big trouble with that idea of there's a place where the Father is, but Jesus isn't, let's say, and then the place. Okay, so forget uh, about the Father uh, and no, Jesus. No, that, what, tell me about this celestial <laughs> world in the kingdom. How, how do they exist? Are they in the kingdom or are they a glory outside of the kingdom but not in hell? To just Just parse that out for me. They are a glory in the eternal world. And what does that mean, a glory? That means they have a reward. They have some enjoyment. They have something you know, in the eternal world that they are blessed with that is, that is, that is more tolerable for them than it is for someone so, who is a son of perdition. Not, I'm, I'm not trying to mm-hmm. be smart here. And, and you and I have the same goal. This is no mm-hmm. personal attack. So no, no, I'm, just, no. I'm just bringing this out. Where in the world, in Scripture, mm-hmm. does anybody talk about going into eternity, but not being with the Father or the Son? Where does it talk about being in some glory outside of the kingdom of God? Well, again, these are... Well, that's important, right? Because I I don't think it... That's not the general description of the whole canon of Scripture. It's all about you'll come into my kingdom or you reject me. It's There's no... There's no like it's it just sounds really Mormonism, like this little planet over here or this little globe of existence that they're they have a pretty good thing, but they haven't been exalted enough to be with the Father. Ah, I just don't see that anywhere in scripture other than what we're creating mm-hmm. right here through this debate. Mm-hmm. I, I can't say any more than what I've already Okay. Talked about, so well, I hope I think- <laughs> people listening uh read and study and pray. I don't want to belabor this because I don't know that we're ever going to come to a consensus in the, in the near days to come. I, I, I did want to, I didn't read the scripture last time, so I'll, I'll just read it here. And this is okay. one of, I don't want to say hundreds, but there's, this is ones of tens of, this is one of many that sums up very clearly. It's just in second Nephi, mm-hmm. uh, the first chapter. And I'll just I'll just start in seventy one. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought about reading this one today too. But <laughs> oh, interesting. So wherefore redemption cometh in and through the holy Messiah, for he is full of grace and truth. Behold, he offereth himself a sacrifice for sin, to answer the ends of the law unto all those which have a broken heart and a contrite spirit. And unto none else can the ends of the law be answered. Mm-hmm. Wherefore, how great the importance to make these things known unto the inhabitants of the earth, that they may know that there is no flesh that can dwell in the presence of God, save it be through the merits and mercy and grace of the Holy Messiah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess uh, it's so, it, it is really, really, it's just not fair to pull even this scripture out of, mm-hmm. out of, the whole 
dialogue here. But so what you would say then is you would say, I agree with that. Mosiah 11, Mosiah 8, Alma 19, section 76, 7. None of those indicate that these people we call telestial have received the merits and mercy and grace of the Holy Messiah. And so therefore they are not in the presence of God. Okay. But they're not sons of perdition. They're not, they haven't become sons of perdition because they didn't, they didn't satisfy those qualifications. So then they exist in a glory kind of independent of God and Jesus, but not, and independent of the devil. There's something that is, their state is better off than a son of perdition, but it's not good. And it's not, we're not saying any, in but any sense, oh, it is, this is not something that we should strive for. No, or no, but it for, is, right? but it is good, right? It's, it, they're, they're going to, they're going to be, you said happy or they're going to have. There is something there. Okay. That is a, a blessing, a reward that they receive that the sons of perdition and don't. What, what kind of reward? <laughs> well, can, I'm just saying, re- no, I, I'm you, not trying to be smart no, because I, in the end, uh-huh. there's only one thing and it's mm-hmm. God. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like, well, I get to ride my motorcycle and I get this beautiful meadow and I'm going to have, you know, beer to drink and everything. Right. <laughs> like, like, well, I'm still going to, it's not like I'm going to continue to enjoy the temporal things of life forever, but not God. It's like in the end, the only reward is God. I, and, and as far as I read in section 76, seven, they don't have that. So, okay. Well, so, that's, yeah. I hope, uh, I don't know that we need to discuss anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I've never had a, I just don't think the scriptures have this concept of this, this telestial existence outside of the kingdom, uh, but not in hell. And so if, if, if people want to believe that, that's, uh, I say, read your book of Mormon yeah. what, in context. What, what I, I've quoted it this morning already, but I'll, I'll say it one more time. The book of Mormon, as well as other scriptures does say about certain people that it shall be more tolerable for them <clears throat> in the day of judgment. <coughs> Fine, and I'm interpreting that in this in the sense of what we're talking about is that what does it mean to be more tolerable? Their judgment is, isn't as severe, isn't? I don't know. Well, it, it, know. again, we're, you and I yeah. are judged all the time. It, yeah. <laughs> there's judgment yeah. when I uh, the, he says the Lord's King Benjamin, I think, <laughs> or somebody. It says you're rewarded immediately. Yeah, uh, yeah, or you're judged immediately. So it's not, but. I just don't see anywhere in scripture that you can live outside of the kingdom of God. If you're not sealed to the devil, you're either sealed yeah. to Jesus or to the devil. Uh, but yeah. uh, that's, I agree. And as far as whether it's a, a motorcycle in heaven or, <laughs> I mean, flip you know, it, but, but, but it's like, it, that's the thing. It's like, I, I don't even know how to conceptualize being happy in eternity or even having any semblance of peace in eternity. If it's not with Jesus and God, because uh, I don't know. I think I, we're still I, looking at eternity sometimes as as linear, one yeah, day after I, another. Yeah, so. I, I can't and I I can't go any farther than explain it to answer okay, your question well, because I don't know what what glory I don't know what any kind of glory means in eternity other than I just want to be with him. So that's, I have so many things I want to discuss with you <laughs> beyond section seventy six. Um, I I don't want to break here, so let's let's get to the thing. Uh-huh teaching what you believe or what you've just demonstrated here, teaching what I believe, is either one of these things blasphemy? Is either one of these things damning to people we talk to? I would say no. Um, I had an actually analogy about this, <clears throat> maybe a point of view that we haven't exactly talked about. So let's say that you and I uh, are doing prison ministry. And we, we're going to the prison and we're sitting in this room full of 
murderers and whoremongers and mm -hmm. thieves and all these people that are clearly the wicked that Alma describes. And we're, we're going to give a common message to them. Come into Jesus Christ, receive peace. You know, you guys don't have peace now. You don't have life now. Come to him and receive peace. Or else. <laughs> or else there's a consequence. And mm -hmm. you can either spend your, your eternity with Jesus, with God, with happiness, with peace, with, with what is all those things Book of Mormon says about, uh, you know, a state of rest, a state of happiness and all that. Or you're going to have a, a judgment one day and there's going to be a, a suffering for eternity you don't want that, man, you know, get it, get out, you know, get out now where you can and, you know, whatever, you know, mm -hmm. we, we'd be teaching the gospel. Now, you and I, you know, you in the back of your mind might be saying, well, yeah, but there is this possibility that somebody might go to hell. These, one of these guys might go to hell and then eventually at the very end, he might come forth and, you know, come back into the presence of, of Christ, you know, at the day of judgment. And I might be thinking in the back of my mind, well, yeah, that there's a possibility that they might, you know, spend, you know, an eternal suffering in hell, but then they'll, they'll receive a glory, but it's not a glory, you know, in the literal presence of the Father. But we're not going to tell them that, you know, we're, we're not going, that's not the gospel that we're preaching, right? With the gospel that we're preaching is come into Jesus and receive life. And that's it. I mean, the, these differences, yeah, in the, how, we, how we think about in our minds of what might happen in the future if they don't, right? It's not a gospel are, of uh, of uh, do the minimal result to get mm -mm. the best reward. Absolutely no. not. It's, yeah, it's, it's the gospel is sacrifice all, give all through the strength of God. Mm -hmm. He'll help you do that, hopefully. Right. So my point there is, is we might have, you and I might have a little okay. different conception of what what possibility might exist for this person, you know, this guy, this, this guy that never knew God, you mm -hmm. know, at the very end, at the day of judgment, we might dis disagree on what the possible outcome might be if he doesn't do it now. But what we're teaching them is come into Christ, man. You know, that's, that's the only thing that matters. Come into Christ. Okay. Be transformed so, and, you know, uh, just want to be, I can't wait to talk about being born of the spirit. And say, <laughs> so, Jesus says this, no unclean thing can enter the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. uh, a man must be born again, mm -hmm. which I would say the Book of Mormon is very clear, born of the spirit, completely mm -hmm. changed, or you can't even see the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. And so, in other words, so this, this telestial glory outside of the kingdom, these people are still unclean or haven't been born of the spirit. Mm -hmm. Okay but they're not sons of perdition. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm not trying to be funny. I'm just yeah, yeah. trying to define so people yeah. can can yeah. ruminate on these things and think about them. Um, okay. That's, uh, so, so you believe that? I believe there's either that those telestial people will, will more than likely end up a son of perdition or at some point in time they, they're repentant, broken, contrite, born again. Mm -hmm. Either way, in my mind, I don't think anything sounds very good if I'm not with Jesus in the end. I agree. Okay. So, <laughs> all right. So we teach classes one way. We believe these things. Honestly, I'm at a point where I don't know it's the best stewardship to continually go over and uh -huh. over this because people are dealing with real world problems. They're yeah. falling away from the Lord yeah. and we need to be born again. And if you're born again, all of these things mm -hmm. are are secondary because you're going to, you're going to be with Jesus. Right. So I want to focus on these things, um, mm -hmm. John, uh, as we go forth. I, yeah. 
No, I agree. And and again, I I'm not, and I agree with you, not in the sense that this isn't important, because I think it is important to how we understand life after you know life after death is part of the gospel. But yes, there are you know two perspectives here at least that you know we may have legitimate differences of opinion, you know, and and how certain scriptures line up with other certain scriptures, but um, the gospel I, is still the gospel. I bring yeah. it back to uh, <laughs> my, my brother Jacob Isbell says, you know, all you want to do is talk about how Joseph didn't practice polygamy. Is this your mission? No. He goes, <laughs> I, don't, I don't care if I ever talk about that, but if that's causing someone to stumble yeah. and not come to Christ, then I want to show them that there's another story. Yeah. Yeah. If someone's stumbling over, I'm never going to be with Jesus, you know, I just want to be good enough, then I want to be able to talk to them. But Mm -hmm. for the majority of people, I want to talk about being born again and fully coming to Christ. I think I I can easily sit this on a shelf unless it's a stumbling block (laughs) for somebody. Uh, It has been a stumbling block for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I trust, I I trust in my savior to, to bring me home if I come to him. So, Mm -hmm. All right. That's a good place to leave it. All right. Can we wrap up? Uh, well, we didn't even talk about works today. <laughs> we did it indirectly. Well, hopefully re- there's only one work in my mind, and that uh-huh. is being born again. Uh-huh. And, and your life's work is, is, is becoming broken and contrite, being born again. Um, that was one of those three options that we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I feel like we've been a little in... Uh, I feel like we haven't accomplished that part of the mission. We could talk about that again, but anyway, well, it's been a long one uh, today, but I I just don't think we could cut off. That wouldn't be right. So let's, uh, let's hopefully, uh, what are we going to talk about next time? I don't know. Pick something. All right. Send me an email. We'll go over it (laughs) until next time. God bless.